Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear me, Associate Director of Audience Engagement Jenny Scholick, in conversation with principal dancer Sasha DeSola. This interview was recorded on Friday, January 26th, 2018, before a performance of Helgi Thomason's The Sleeping Beauty. Hope you enjoy. So we all have dancers whose careers we follow from the time they first join the company and eagerly anticipate their eventual promotions. For me, one of those is Sasha, who I think I first very briefly met and proceeded to be captivated by on stage when we were both teenagers, sometime around 2006 or 2007, right after she joined the company. Since then, she's danced roles in all the major classical works, including Giselle, Swan Lake, and of course, Nutcracker, year in and year out, as well as in roles by George Balanchine, Jerome Robbins, Alexei Romansky, Liam Scarlett, and Christopher Wilden, and many, many more, including San Francisco Ballet's own Helgi Thomason, Val Canaparoli, Yuri Posakov, and most recently, Miles Thatcher. In this time, she rose through the court of ballet to be promoted to soloist in 2012 and principal in 2017. So welcome, Sasha. Thank you so much. So this year, this week, in fact, you had the opportunity to debut as Aurora in Helgi Thomason's Sleeping Beauty, which is a major accomplishment for any ballerina. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Before we talk about the experience of being Aurora this year, I'd love if you could take us back to your first experiences of Sleeping Beauty and what you remember of first encountering the ballet. Well, I first saw the ballet um, on video, and it was the Kirov VHS, basically, that I begged my parents to buy me. And I absolutely fell in love with the ballet and the role. Kind of coincidentally, the ballerina who plays Aurora in that video was my coach for um, this process for Sleeping Beauty, um, Larissa Leshnina, and she's absolutely stunning, and it felt like such a giant honor and privilege to be able to learn from her and work with her and hear all of the wisdom that she has to impart, especially with this role. It, it was a huge honor. It's such a cool story, right? It's amazing how it can come full circle in life like that. So perhaps speaking of full circles, the last time we did this production of um, Helgi Thomason's Sleeping Beauty was in 2007, so 10 years ago, 2008. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. 11 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, right after you joined the company. And do you remember what you did then, what parts you did, what I it was like? Do. I do. So that was my very first year in the company. I was an apprentice. Um, and it was probably one of the very first performances I had aside from Nutcracker. Um, and I was in the Garland Waltz and, um, a nymph in the vision scene in the second act. And I also did the polonaise in the third act, which was a great advantage because I got to watch basically every single principal couple do the potida, the third act potida, right on stage. And that was probably my favorite part of performing. Isn't it fun to think that now there's some little apprentice out there watching <laughs> you do it? 
10 years from now, I'll be sitting here interviewing them. We'll have this conversation all over. Full circle. Full circle, right? That's, that's what these big classic ballets are like, right? They come back through a dancer's career, and you get to do them over and over in new parts. So getting to now, how did you find out you would be doing Aurora? When did you find out? Uh, um, I found out earlier this season, I think in August maybe. Um, I actually don't really remember, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think it was in August, and um, we started kind of learning Helgi's version and um, getting familiar with with the role and what is required of us in each act. Um, yeah. So picking up on that, yeah. what is required of you in each act? You know, this is a character who grows up over the course of the ballet, goes through all these transitions and long naps. <laughs> How do you do that as a dancer? Very long naps. Um, well, I think... For me, the process kind of went in different stages. I started off first understanding the technical aspects of the ballet because I felt that I really needed to have that very solid in order to build on what I find to be the most rewarding and most important part of any full-length ballet, but especially a role like Aurora that I love so much. Um, so basically, I, as I kind of honed in my technique, my port de bras, the way I'm going to physically portray the role, um, it then allowed me to explore the character a bit more um, and have kind of freedom on stage to do that. And so in the first act, she's 16 years old. She needs to be bright, excited, bubbly, um, perhaps a little overwhelmed by the prospect of having to marry one of the suitors that um, come to dance with her. Um, and as the ballet goes on during the vision scene, she must be ethereal and there but not there. Um, more of a vision, more of a dream. And finally in the third act, there's joy, but it's uh, more mature and regal joy. Um, and so I really wanted to show that arc for her and I wanted to make Aurora somebody that the audience cares about because I felt because I fell in love with her so many years ago when I was just a little girl. I hope that others can do the same because I just love this ballet so much. So, how, sorry. <clears throat> how do you prepare physically to take on, you know, a three-act? story ballet where you're dancing through a huge amount of it um luckily in this ballet the first act is the hardest maybe unluckily I don't know but uh, <laughs> you basically um have to first act is very hard so you really have to physically push a lot um I think the process for preparing for this very simply involves kind of taking a proper classical class every single morning. Because I danced on Tuesday, Monday was our day off, but I didn't take it off because I needed my muscles to be engaged and ready and still quite warm. Um, because otherwise, if they kind of 
I don't know if fall asleep is the right word, but you don't, you can't engage them as quickly if you're not engaging them every day. Um, so it's about taking a proper class, rehearsing well, of course, resting. Do you cross-train at all, or do you pretty much stick with ballet? I pretty much stick with ballet just because we do dance so much. They they dance a lot in the company. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty physically exhausted. Um, I do kind of my own cross-training in the sense of my own stretching. I'm very grateful that I have access to, like, a hot tub and things like that. Um, I don't know if that's considered cross-training, but it's part of my, 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 (laughs) the way I physically, that I take care of my physicality, I guess. Absolutely. So, two things. Start with, that first act is really hard, and it's perhaps notably hard because of the Rose Adagio, in which Aurora dances with her four princes and is supposed to be selecting which one she's going to marry. What about it? You know, can you explain to our audience what about it is hard? Why is it hard if you're not a dancer? Um, everything. Uh, I think most notably the balances and attitude. So Aurora will take the hand of each suitor and balance and then take the hand of the next suitor, balance, take the next hand. And at the very end of the entire Rosadagio, which is relatively long, she does that again, but with a promenade. So the suitors walk around her and balance again. So, And this time it's an even longer series. Um, and that's when you're the most tired at the end. Um, so that is one of the things that really kind of stands out as to... Um, it's kind of one of the big moments in the Rosadagio, but... Also, beyond that, it's just the control that's necessary. I think your legs, your feet, your port de bras, everything has to be strong. Your bottom half has to be strong, and your top half has to be soft. And um, very often, you're balancing on your own. There's pirouettes. There's basically everything that you need to do is in Rosadagio. Yes, everything ever expected of a ballerina yeah. is crammed into like four minutes yeah. of yeah. that adagio. <laughs> so totally different side of this. Um, this year we have beautiful new costumes that came our way by way of the Royal Danish Ballet um, and a new set for Act Three. So I was told by a past Aurora earlier this week that the tutus in this ballet are among the most comfortable that she had ever danced in. Is that still true with the new ones? Yeah, that's still true. <laughs> that's still true. Good news. So yeah. both, both beautiful and functional. It's good. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> so you'll all get to see those tonight and know that people are enjoying them. Yeah. <laughs> So you had mentioned that, you know, this is an incredibly classical role and you mostly prepare by taking really clean classical technique classes. But this is also a company that does a huge amount of contemporary work. We spent most of last summer preparing and into the fall preparing for Unbound, which is our festival of new works happening later this April and into May. And one often hears that you need the classical base to do the contemporary work. Do you feel like the contemporary work informs what you do in these classical works at all? Um, In some ways. I think 
In the biggest way that, that I can think of, at least for me personally, is contemporary work allows for more freedom and interpretation in many cases, not always, but in many cases. And um, a lot of times with very pure classical works, it's a, it can feel a little bit stifling because there's a proper way to do it. There's a right and a wrong. Um, but it's incredibly important to find that freedom still in classical work, that breath, um, that kind of generosity of movement. And so in that way, I, I do think that contemporary work sometimes can inform classical ballet, but generally I really do feel that classical ballet really is the base to kind of grow in many other directions. All right, so I told you earlier I was going to ask this question. So your San Francisco Ballet bio online mm -hmm. has a question down at the bottom, and it says, what are some roles you would like to dance that you haven't yet? And your answers were Giselle, the girl in Jerome Robbins' Afternoon of a Fawn, and Aurora. So now that you've checked the box on one of them, do you have a new answer? Um, I'll replace that with Juliet. <laughs> Good, answer. Good answer. Hopefully someone out there is listening, right? <clears throat> so I do want to let the audience have some time for questions. So two more from me. One, looking ahead, what are you really excited about this season after Sleeping Beauty? Oh, so much. Um, I'll be sad to um, see Sleeping Beauty go, to be honest. But looking ahead, we have so much coming up. It's almost overwhelming. Um, I really love the Made for SF Ballet program because it really showcases this company in its kind of most genuine form, which I really like. Um, and I'm a big fan of Robin's Ballets, um, so I'm really looking forward to doing other dances. It's a masterpiece in my opinion, so that definitely that. And then, of course, the new works. I, Although I was a part of them... Um, <clears throat> So I'm working with I'm working with Stanton Welsh, um, Dwight Roden, Trey McIntyre, and Christopher Wielden. It's a good set of four. It's a good group of twelve. There's not really a bad set of four yeah. in there, but that those are all going to be really fun. Did you participate in the Dwight Roden dance film? I did. Yeah. Great. So those will be coming. Keep an eye out. End of February, February 28th ish. We should be seeing a series of dance films premiere. And then the um, you mentioned the distinctly San Francisco ballet program. That's program three for those of you looking through your program books. That is. Helgi Thomason's Theme of Paganini, Val Canaproli's Ibsen's House, and Miles Thatcher's Ghost in the Machine. And you're, do, you're dancing in all of those, right? Right, yeah. All right. all right, so one more, and then I will open it up to some questions. Um, and sort of a totally different, fun question. Social media has allowed all of us to get different glimpses into the lives of dancers around the world and this company. Personally, I love following the... Adventures of Tilly, your adorable little dog. So, you know, it's a little plug for her Instagram. What's it like for you to be able to share, you know, a different side of your life than what we see on stage with our audiences here? Um, it, I love it. I think it's, you know, I, I have so much respect for the theater and the art and kind of the traditional 
sense that it where it came from and where it is now and social media kind of helps lift some of that curtain back and lets you peek into people's lives um and i don't know i think it's it's really nice to share um a bit of your personal life with with friends and followers and um because i can only imagine when i was a kid i people that I looked up to, if I would have gotten to know what their dog looked like, I would have freaked out probably. So. <laughs> She's very, very cute. It's a very cute dog. <laughs> she is cute, I have to say. <laughs> she comes to the theater with you sometimes, yeah. right? That's one of the fun things about being in and around this building. We get to see a lot of cute dogs <laughs> here and there. So we have about five to ten minutes if people have questions for Sasha. Yes, right here. Question was, in the middle of the Rose Adagio, seems like you're on your leg, perhaps you're really not. How do you message that to your partner? So, um, basically, they offer their hand, and they, for me, I prefer my partners to almost be like more of a bar than a hand, so I don't like them to grab my hand. Um, so, they don't move until I release my hand. Um, and as soon as I do, the next guy should slot in so that the hand stays, the second hand stays in exactly the same place. So the first guy kind of has to move away, still kind of staying in the area just in case, so the next guy can come in and slot his hand in exactly the same place. And that makes it easier for the Aurora to transfer her arm in the same line, which therefore makes it much easier to balance, of course, than if you're changing weight all the time. How different is that from dancer to dancer, how they prefer to work with their four? You know, it, it, it is a little different, I mm -hmm. think. Um, it just depends on the ballerina and what she prefers, and different partnering things can depend on proportion or... Um, I don't know, height and, you know, just preference and the way that you've been trained even. Um, so it can, it can vary, but it's always slight variations that are invisible to the eye, but you know as a dancer. So the question is, uh, given Sasha's experience and background with the Kirov or Russian version of this ballet, how does that compare to Helgi Thomason's version? Um, well, my experience being watching the Kirov version, um, and of course, also I was trained at the Kirov Academy, so I do have a bit of experience in that way, but uh, I find that Helgi's version has a bit more of a mix of different styles. He, he's adopted different versions, different aspects of different versions um, to kind of form his own um, identity of the ballet. Um, I would say that's the biggest difference. Um, of course, there are also choreographic differences, um, somewhat minor differences in port bra and things like that. So the question is, uh, Sasha's Instagram often features many other dancers in the company who she hangs out with, both at work and outside, and how do you balance that, the social aspect of this career with the professional aspect? I think um, because we spend so much time here and we work in such close proximity, it one of the, 
I think beautiful things about working at the ballet is that it breeds such close friendships. Um, so I, I definitely feel lucky to work with these amazing people that I work with every day because they inspire me literally every day. Um, the balance, I don't know, you know, I don't really think about it because I, I like to hang out with them. Um, I think, uh, in order to be a, a balanced artist and a more well-rounded artist, you also need to experience life and what better way than to experience it with people that you like. Um, but I really feel a lot of gratitude that I get to work with so many beautiful souls and it's great. Question is, do the various dancers doing Aurora talk among themselves about their interpretation of the role? Um, I would say very minimally. Um, of course, you know, we, we do talk, but I, it's such, we rehearse separately. So every couple rehearses separately. I rarely have seen other people's rehearsals because of their private rehearsals. Um, so there is maybe some discussion, but not much. It's just a very personal thing. And everyone kind of has their own timing for when they decide to do this or how they decide to make a certain artistic decision. Um, so not often. All right. And that's it. Thank you so much, Sasha. Thank you. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more information about audience engagement programming and other podcasts, please check out sfballet.org explore.